This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Welcome to Hawkeye Guns. This is going to be a uh, a decent episode here. We've got uh, Jake, who has just freshly come off the uh, firing line. I I, I have uh, sore gun shoulder. Oh, that's always a good thing. It's it's from a forty four Henry, but the versus the uh, the shotguns that you like. But at the same time, it, it's it's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. It's it's one of those like ah oh, yes things are going well with the world you know type of thing. And uh, I did not shoot this week. I fixed our um, with my father. I fixed my uh, or the the automatic thrower we have. We have a a, a single clay thrower. And, and you broke it? Uh, I don't know who broke it. It was uh we. It's it's actually not ours. It belongs to the guy who owns the ranch. He keeps it in a Connex out there, and it's available for anybody to use. And we brought it out of the uh, Connex, set it all up, uh, hooked up the battery, threw a clay, and it burst into a hundred pieces. And every time we launched, and uh, I launched like four or five of them, and they all came out of the the launcher in about thirty pieces each. And I'm and Bon is like, oh, for the moment there, I thought you meant the launcher burst into like thirty. No, pieces. no, the clays did. And, <laughs> and Bon is like, I'm counting every one of those as hits for me. I'm like, no, 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 no. So it was. You guys are worse than golfers. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah, I'm counting that. Uh, so we had to uh, fix it. As it turns out, it was misaligned and had a bad uh, solenoid switch where it was just. Um, it, well, you could turn it on, but you couldn't arm it correctly, and it, it was weird. So we kind of aligned it all up. It took a couple hours to kind of walk through it all, replace the switch and, and everything. But it's working now. It's all good. Uh, how many clays are in your neighbor's yard? Oh, quite a few, actually. <laughs> we, uh, that's exactly what we did. We brought it home, and I'm just firing clays into the horse field behind me. And uh, so when they bring the mower around in spring, <laughs> find about 35 clays. Uh, back there, uh, some of them hit the trees, you know, I've got a, a row of trees behind my house. So a lot of them hit the trees and just kind of fell in my yard, but, uh, some of them went right through the kind of sparse area and just sailed clean over the fence and are in the horse pasture. So, oops, and <laughs> eh, no one will ever see them in their fucking horse pasture. There's, there's a, you know, like knee high grass over there. And by the time they get the mower through there, it'd be fine. Yeah. No one will notice. But, uh, what? so what did you go shoot, and what were you guys doing when you were doing it? Oh, uh, standard stuff. We all had our pistols, and I had my Henry. So, uh, and the, the only thing is, is that I have finally, totally and utterly, not just with the handguns, but even on the Henry, I have rage quit red dot, dot optics. Ah, you're now where I am. Yes. <laughs> I hate these freaking things. I throw yes, away. I, I, I forcibly taught myself how to line up the buckhorn sights properly and hit uh, actually a rather decent uh, grouping at 50 yards. You know, it's not that bad. I do the same thing with uh, my Henry, uh, the one I got from you. Uh, I just keep the sights the way they are, and at 50 yards, I can put it in the size of a baseball, basically. And um, that's enough to stop any hog. 
Uh, so I'm not actually, the worst part of it is that's what I was thinking. If I, you know, I, I, I can get a hog with this. That's that's exactly what I do. Now, anything smaller than that, I don't really need to worry about. Anything bigger than that, I just get in the truck and leave. <laughs> like, but we don't have like that's the main. Like, we don't have anything in my area of Texas. Like, you have to go way far west to get something like a bear. There's nothing really that'll hunt you in Texas other than snakes, which I got we got shotguns for, and <laughs> hogs, which are, are pretty mean. Now, there's there's stuff like mountain lions, but that's not around my area. But well, that's it. Uh, my uh, brother decided that he didn't care whether or not the PPK slide bit him or not. He loved it. And he's still happy he bought it, um, though he will definitely have a scar left over from that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Those things, will, they'll, if they slide bite you, they're coming back pretty hard. Very much so. Um and uh, the guy shooting next to us had a really interesting combination. He uh, he he apparently liked um, nine millimeter carbines, and he had everything from a P90, which is a really interesting firearm, to a Chris Vector. Oh my I'm God! Did you get of. to shoot the Vector? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was just I was standing there in envy. And then, of course, we had to have the guy at the uh, the range who was had the obligatory fully automatic firearm. Of course, of course, of yeah. course. You know, and and my father asked me whether or not I thought that was cool, and I said no. I thought that was expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, if you shot forty four mag all day, that's not cheap either. Actually, I did I did more nine millimeter than anything else, but at the same time, it, that's that's what I was enjoying the most of. <laughs> Now, what distance were you shooting the uh, rifle at? 50 yards. Wow, just 50 yards? Yeah. Nothing nothing close, nothing farther? No, we basically had it out at the 50-yard the berm. Um, oh, the other, yeah. The, okay. the other berms were, um, see, it's it, I don't get to just decide where I am going to be in a field like you do. I have to go to Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, because I, I think of it like, like, well, I don't know. What distance do you want to shoot? Oh, let's try three or four different distances. We'll put it here, put it here, put it there, put one over here, and we'll just shoot from the truck, you know, or, or you know, set up a table or whatever. Yeah, I forget other people don't do that. Yeah, uh, I actually I took that with me with the idea of finally zeroing in the red dot, and we've kind of gone over how that went. Um, and I, so we were at the, the 50 yard berm for that and finally got that to the point where, as you said, you're getting about a baseball grouping at about 50 yards. Uh, and then after that, after I decided my shoulder was done, we went over and shot pistols for the rest of the day. <laughs> and then I, it was just, uh, I, the, the Walther actually, uh, I've got an out of another person who really likes the Walther PDP. Uh, my brother loved it. Really? Um, uh, which, but at the same time, he wasn't a fan of the 229, which really caught me by surprise. Um, and then he, uh, I had to take the uh, P320 AXG away from him. <laughs> no, you cannot take that one home with you. No. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, I, I I wind up getting guns stolen. I say stolen. I, I get I wind up getting guns that they either trade or sell because family members are just like, ooh, I like that. 
you know? Yeah, but this was kind of like your your dad walking up at your fab arm going, ooh, I like that. I'm just going to take this home with me. <laughs> put it down. <laughs> put it put it down. Uh, it's a big negatory. Uh, we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, it, not, not even like I'm offering to pay for it. I'm just going to take it home with me. Yeah, no. Because if he was willing to pay me for it, I could he he could have it, and I'd go buy another one. But he wasn't he wasn't looking to pay anybody. It was just kind of like, oh, I could I could take this home with me. Like, no, no, put it down, put it down. You want to load up another magazine and shoot it? That's fine, but t- that's about it. Yeah, well, and next time he'll be, hey, you bringing that one? Yeah, you, you bring you bringing that? He doesn't. It's that one's always kind of a joke because it's always like, what are you bringing? And it, and I give him the list, and he's like. Well, I haven't heard of that one, that one, or that one. Which ones did you trade away to get them? So it's it's always – I think he was actually more caught off guard by the fact that I didn't have anything disgustingly new with me this time around. <laughs> yeah, he's because like, where's it, all he, the new stuff? I use yeah, you like he, a, a gun finder. He, he's the one who typically laughs at me when I go, I think I'm actually kind of like done for a little while. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure you are. <laughs> Every time you say that, you show with three new things next time. Well, he's kind of right. I mean, it's, it's, oh, I, we I'm do do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying he's wrong. Yeah, the pair of us do that. Um, I mean, I, I go through periods. Where, like, I went through an entire month and change where I was just like, yeah, I just don't want anything. There's nothing I want. You well, he, he also understood to some extent where I was coming from after shooting the AXG, because after he put that down, I went, my oh, God, that thing is smooth. And it was my answer to him was, is now you see why I'm having trouble deciding where to go from here, because quite frankly, I, I'd have to spend two or three grand to do any better than that. And I'm not doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the problem I had when I stumbled upon the SX4 and a shotgun. It's like it's it's incredibly for what I do with it, let me say that. For what I do with it, it is incredibly smooth and balanced and light. And the the felt recoil, which is something we're going to talk about here in a minute, is in, uh, just as good as you can get in a 12-gauge shotgun. And it's like, where do you go from here? Because there isn't anything that performs better for what I do. There isn't anything that feels better for what I do. There isn't anything under that I've even put my hands on or seen in a store that can do better for the target shooting that I do than that. And everything else after that is a toy or it's something that you just wanted to see. It's like, what do you do? (laughs) Where do you go? Uh, So, and and that's really kind of what it is. I'm looking for, you know, the P30 SK just to, because it's something I'm disappointed I got rid of. And at that point, I think the only thing, other thing, I mean, I may be looking for just another utility subcompact nine millimeter, but that's really about it. That's, I'm, that, that nothing has popped up to go and made me go, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I I got two things here. I've got uh, one is I did I did come across a gun that I've always wanted. But I've never gotten it because I've either a had not had the money for it at the time when I I saw it, or I was looking for other things when I did have the money. Yeah, I mean I, I think everybody's been there if you've been collecting guns or using guns for a long time. It's it's you've always has that one. It's sort of like an Eleanor, right? Uh, from Gone in sixty seconds. This mythical creature, impossible to capture. It's <laughs> I, I've had those those guns, you know, and this is kind of sneaking up into that category because I've 
I've wanted one for years, and we almost got one, but Bono wanted the BPS, the Browning BPS, at the same time. And they were sitting on the same table. I remember this like it was yesterday. They were sitting on the same table right next to each other. Bono wanted the BPS because it was a Browning and because he'd always wanted a Browning shotgun. This is the one that he then tried to dissemble and rage quit? Yes, exactly okay. that. Just, and, just making sure. And it turned out to be a horrible gun. Nobody should buy that. But sitting right next to it was an Ithaca Model 37, which You do is, like your Ithacas. I do. I do. And I can't help it. I don't know why that is, but it was. But it's a. it also is a bottom-ejecting, bottom-loading, so it's an ampidextrous shotgun, bottom-ejecting, bottom-loading, 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. And if you get the right model, it's absolutely beautiful. They're very pretty, and I've, I, you know, I wanted a pump-action shotgun that I will shoot more often than my 870, because my 870 now is just freaking gorgeous. And every time I bring it somewhere where other people are, I have to fight people off, put it back in the truck, because everybody tries to steal it, or buy it, or <laughs> throw money at it. And I'm like, no, you understand. I'll build you one, I'll find you one, I'll buy you one. You can't have that one. I can't replace that. It's got a cuts compensator on it. It's got $800 stocks on it. It's like, no, you can't have that one. I'll find you something else. I'll even make you one. But uh, you can't have that one. So I want another pump action shotgun that I can take with me and I don't really have to worry about it. But it's nice and something pretty and everything. And I've always wanted one. I've always wanted a bottom ejecting shotgun. I think I'm going to go looking for one now. And I do. You're right. I do love my ethics. I will have had now if I get this. I will have all three of their most famous models. I will have the 37, which is the the pump action they're famous for. I will have the 51, which is the automatic they're infamous for. And I will have the XL900, which was the one everybody took for dove hunting because it was probably one of the most old XL900s. Were probably one of the most reliable dove hunting automatic guns in the 70s and 80s. Just period. Now, now, are you looking for one that's already pretty, or are you looking for one that is in rough shape that you can make pretty? Oh, no, I, I would prefer a project. I would prefer to have one that's kind of in rough shape or some something's wrong with it so that I can make it pretty, because I know I can do that. It's not a problem for me. I don't have to have it pristine or anything like that. In fact, I kind of prefer it not to be, because I would like the project, and I would feel bad... Because, it, and let me explain the difference. Like, when I go out with an automatic, uh, especially one of my nicer ones, like the Fab Arm or the SX4 or something like that, I am very careful with them. I put them, you know, we lay them, uh, we unzip their soft bag, which is full of pad and fur and everything like that, and lay them on that when we're done shooting with them uh, and switching turns and stuff like that. And, and it, like, it doesn't, it never touches the ground, so to speak. It's, it's always either being held or in its soft line bag which is which is anathema to your normal thought process right uh, but that's how i kind of treat the automatics because they're very nice and I, I really like them their quality uh, uh workmanship and all that kind of thing however there are times when you're just going to want to go drag it through the woods and go plink with it and go mess around and and kind of blow stuff up and shoot pumpkins and you know maybe uh, you know, shoot a squirrel or a rabbit or go snake hunting or whatever it is and that's the one you drag around the woods with you. That's what I'm trying to get. Like with this, this is because I I've worked my 870 to the point where I don't want to do that with it. It's really cool to shoot and it's beautiful and I just I I don't I 
don't want to mess it up. So I want one that I can beat to shit. And I always wanted an Ithaca 37. They're, they're road dogs like a Mossberg 500. Um, like my Mossberg, my 410, my snake gun, and my, my little 410 that I use, I have a Mossberg 500 410. I don't yeah. care about it. It's $280, $360 new. It's made out of birch. It's The stocks are orange, like all pump-action <laughs> Mossberg. It's not pretty, but it works great. So I don't mind if that gets it. In fact, it already has a scratch on it, and I'm just kind of fine with that. There's there's a couple of guns that I have that I just don't mind. Like the, uh, the Ithaca XL900, I never refinished it. I never... Re- yeah, I mean, you spent more time on the firing pin. Not firing pin. What did you weld on that thing? Oh no, that's the the fifty one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the fifty one got, got a full stuff. treatment. Yeah, I did. That. But the the little twenty gauge automatic Ithaca, uh, I, I never refinished it. I never reblued it. I didn't do anything to it because I'm like, well, I'm going to take this out in the field. I'm going to beat the crap out of it. So I'm just going to make sure everything's tight and right and cleaned and and all. And I did have to reclean it and and all that kind of thing because it was super dirty. Wouldn't even pull the bolt back. But once I got it working, I was like, yeah, it's good enough. It's going to go out in the field. I don't care. You know, we're going to drag it around. I'm going to lend it to my buddies to go dove hunting. I just, I don't care if this gets banged up. I don't have a pump action shotgun where I can say, yeah, I don't care. That's, that's not a defense gun that I could just hand to somebody or I could take myself, drag out into a field and not feel bad. You know, because if the 870, which has $800 stocks on it, gets messed up, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> well, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. The stocks on it cost more than my Henry. Right. It costs more than a brand new, uh, I mean, uh, when they were still making them, the stocks, and I have presentation grade stocks on it now. I found them on eBay. I shouldn't have bought them. I did. Because <laughs> I just had, once I saw them, I'm like, well, I've got to have those, you know, because uh, they're maple, they're, they're um, figured maple stocks. I mean, it, they're ridiculously expensive. But once I saw them, I'm like, well, I have to have those. And then I put them on there, and everybody was like, ooh. And I don't want to shoot it now. (laughs) (laughs) It costs, those stocks cost more than a brand new uh, Wingmaster straight from Remington when they were still making them. So, like, just the stocks. So, I don't want to do that. I want something I can shoot um, and and not feel bad about lending to people. They're like, I brought it back with a scratch. Like, that would upset me with the other one. With, with, Well, once again, when you spent more on the stocks than you did the gun, then y- yeah, that would upset you. <laughs> it would upset you, you know? And I don't want people to have that kind of liability when I hand them a gun and say, yeah, have a good time, go. You know, because I do that all the time. People come to me for, hey, can I borrow a gun for this or that or whatever? And I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's not a problem. I know where you live. I know who you are. I mean, only like strangers <laughs> can't do that, but my friends can, you know? Like, hey, man, yeah, I don't I have a... where you live. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, man, I don't have a duck gun. I'm like, yeah, come on. Take this. It's fine. It's great. You'll love it. How many rounds are you running through it? Okay, cool. I'll weld it back together later. Here, you can have that that, that 51. Um, or, you know, you, I'm, I want a dove gun. I need a 20-gauge automatic that's quick. I'm like, here, take this XL900. You know, um, there, I have a bunch of guns like that, which, oh, you're doing 410 stuff? Here, take my Mossberg. It's fine. I got a scratch on it. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I put three of them on there. It's fine. But I want something like that, and I think that Ithaca Model 37 is the one I want. It's it, I've never had one. I've always wanted one. They're not cheap. I haven't looked them up on Gunbroker since prices went crazy. I probably don't want to. Gunbroker's a little weird at the moment. And actually, the one that kind of caught me by surprise is not somebody I order from all that often, but it's just one of the websites I look at. 
Palmetto's prices just skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I didn't look at their their own personal AR stuff, but what they're paying, what they're asking for for some of their handguns was kind of like, wow. <laughs> I, I'm curious whether or not, considering the fact of what I was looking at was H and Ks and CZs, whether or not it's an issue getting things imported. Maybe I, I'm not 100 percent sure because to both of those are ones that I I'm not sure about CZ, but I know H and K still isn't uh, manufactured in the U.S. No. Mm-mm, I think that's Turkey. Yeah, see, I, I see a bunch of Ithacas here, and uh, 12 or 20, and I'll take either one. I don't really care. Um, is anywhere from 300 to $600. That's not terrible. No, it's not bad. They're not, and I don't need the very clean ones. They're like seven, $800, or, or the ultra-rare Ithaca, you know, uh, 12 gauge police special with electro, you know, with nickel plating and, and the figured stock and all this <laughs> stuff with $1,600. I don't need that. I, I would like a, a reasonably well cared for crack, you know, non cracked stock model 37. And that would be fine in 20 or 12. I don't really care. It, and that actually kind of it creates a curiosity question for me. You're, you're looking at gun broker to order these. What's the uh, gun show situation like? Down there? I'm going next week to the premier Allen show. And then if I don't find one there, I'm going to go the week after that to the mesquite show, which is my favorite. Okay. You do realize that if you see a P 30 SK sitting there, you should call me. I right? will get it for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> under a certain, uh, uh, under whatever uh, uh, money arrangement we we can get, like any dollar amount that you you set. Yeah, I'll get it for well, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Before you just kind of buy it and go, hey, guess what? I bought you a thousand dollar gun, and now you can. Aren't pay you me happy? Back now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, we we know better than that. You're you're cheap like me. Like how much is it? Does it seem like it? Is there any other way you can lower the price? Does it seem like it's worth it? You know, like I no, I'm totally with you on that. There's a uh, there's a lot to uh, buying a gun at a gun show, but I've done it so many times. Uh, but I haven't been to one in several months because I've had new toys to play with. But I I think I'm at the point now where I have all the new toys I want. Like it well, doesn't I'm like eh. You know, I, as I said, I was I've been kind of looking for just another utility nine millimeter. So what I've actually been doing is because I, I, it, I it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific brand. Um, it's just something that I, I I'm just looking for something that goes okay. That's in decent shape and you know, so I've been looking at a lot of LEO trade and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's and I'm kind of doing the same thing. I don't I want a utility gun, something that I can go and use because i i think this gun will be uh, at least for me this gun will be used in target and hunting and and trick shots and and some other things that i'm going to be uh, practicing and doing and i'm just like man i need something that if something happens to this i'm not gonna be upset <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's that's really kind of my thing and i think this will serve very well but uh and you're right, Gunbroker is a little weird for pricing right now because it's all over the map. Well, I, you know, because I've gone on there looking for that P30SK that I keep talking about, and I've seen everything from prices that make me go, okay, what's wrong with it, to are you seriously asking that much? Yeah, and I'm not sure what the swing is, you know, because, like, maybe some people are just trying to dump it because they're tired of it on, on some cases, and then some others you're like, wow, you're really – you are trying to get your money back out of that, and you realize you don't realize that they're not going to give you retail new prices for a used gun that you've beat the crap out of. Like, no, that's not happening. Right now, it's a it's a fantastic time to look 
especially if you don't have to buy anything. It's it's cool because the prices are fluctuating. They're not as as astronomically high as they were a couple of months ago. You know, some people who have kind of come back down off that high have started pricing them a little bit lower and and maybe in some cases close to reasonable because it's been sitting on the shelf or sitting on a table for eight months and no one will touch it. One of the ones I found humorous to see the price come down on is is my beloved P365s from Six Hour. Um, <laughs> they manufactured enough of them that they're now trying to get rid of some of them. Yeah, I actually noticed that. Like a couple of them came down like twenty, thirty bucks. I've seen them come down more than that. Really? I've seen fifty to a hundred bucks come down on some of them. Like like literally advertised. You know, hundred dollars off. You know. Four ninety nine ninety nine. We made a lot. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. We have perhaps reached market saturation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's some of the prices are coming down on some stuff. Some stuff not. Um, the the reasonably priced ones, like all the uh, Ruger automatics, they're the same. Um, the uh, Taurus and, automatics, and Smith, still the and same. Smith and Wesson has been manufacturing the shit out of guns. God, man, like those shields. I, I, I don't know how many they've made, but the, like, the, but just the M and P's in general. At our local shields, they have uh, all the pistol used or pre-owned pistols on end caps of the the big long pistol shelves, right? So they've got they're under glass, and you have to ask somebody to handle them and stuff. But they got a couple of shelves and on, on the end caps of each one. So there's three end caps total, or no, two end caps total uh, of pistols. One of them has like the the more expensive ones. You know, you got your Glocks and your Sigs and your Walthers, and you know they got a Desert Eagle in there every once in a while and stuff like that. And that's kind of the quality cabinet. The other one of pre-owned on the pistols is entirely Smith and Wesson. Maybe maybe a Taurus or a Ruger or a Koenig or, or something like that in it. I would say there's probably 21 guns in it. 22 guns, 19 of them are Smith & Wesson automatics. <laughs> that well, somebody's bought, and they're like, I hate this. <laughs> you know? I don't know well, what I, it is. I went into Cabela's to see whether or not the, the, the P30 that was in the gun library was still there, but uh, they've had enough trouble getting employees lately that the gun library, you have to take a number from the, uh, the gun counter to get somebody to come let you in the gun library. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then and the worst part about it is then when I was about to take a number, I saw the number, then looked up at what number they were on, and you've seen that scene in Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's like serving number three, and he's like ten billion. Yeah, so I, that's that's where we were, and it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not waiting for this. You know, Cabela's is really uh, as we kind of move around topics here. Cabela's has really kind of gone downhill in the last wait, eight wait months. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're we we've been supposed to be consistent on topic. <laughs> It's not really our M.O., no. <laughs> I haven't done it in a cast on I don't know how long where I wasn't being forced to. Yeah, Cabela's has really kind of gone downhill in the last couple of months. Have you noticed that? Like the last six months, six or eight months? It's just been kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I've seen it consistently going that direction ever since Bass Pro bought them. When, when I first started getting into the whole firearm things, our Cabela's, when it was owned by whoever owned Cabela's prior to Bass Pro, was really a nice place to shop. Yeah. Uh, ever since Bass Pro bought them, it's been consistently the quality of what they have to offer just hasn't been there nearly as much. I I don't know what it is. I you know I have a Cabela's maybe five on the outside. If you're doing the speed limit, four to five minutes from my office. I used to go there every other day at lunch just to pet the guns, right? Just to see them. 
And it's gotten so bad that I will drive across town to Shields on my way home. Uh, like, I'll take my way home and go, like, 20 minutes out of my way halfway there to to go to Shields and see that. Because it's just so much better than any of the Cabela's in the area. It's just so right. much. It's cleaner. There's more guns. There's more selection. There's better selection. Uh, the ammunition's plentiful and stocked. It's more expensive than than you know it used well, to be. That, but... Actually, that that's that's the only thing I was going to Cabela's for for a while was, until, until even that dried up, which was cheap herders, uh, you know, nine millimeter. Sure. Um, but w- there hasn't been any herders nine millimeter. Uh, so, I you know, quite frankly, where I've been or- I've been ordering remanufactured nine millimeter cheaply online for the past year and. Hey, it's maybe remanufactured, but it's the training stuff, not the actual stuff I'm planning on shooting anybody with. But so, yeah. what's the big deal? I have probably enough Hornady critical defense in the calibers that I shoot. I have 380, 9mm, and uh, 45. Like, I, I have probably 100 rounds of each of those. Like, that's more than I'm ever going to run through the gun in anger <laughs> for each one of those. <laughs> How pissed off were you? <laughs> yeah, six hundred rounds. <laughs> six hundred rounds of angry. You know, like that's more than I'm gonna have uh, available a with me or b in in, in you know uh, uh, bad defensive scenarios. Everything else is is target rounds, so I don't really care. You know, if it's remanufactured, if it's steel case, aluminum case, I I don't care as long as it'll run through the gun. Eh, you know, I I don't care. So. Whatever. Well, I, I did have a stovepipe over the weekend and uh, yesterday, and my brother looked at me and was like, everything okay? I'm like, nah, it's aluminum shit. Just throw it, grabbed it out of the top of the gun, <laughs> threw it away, and kept on shooting. It's just fine. It's, it's fine. It's aluminum. Don't worry about it. I mean, it does. It just doesn't matter. So the, the fact that they're not, you know, fresh in brass casings, just, uh, I mean, I had an aversion to it before then because, you, you know, we could afford to be bullet snobs, but now I just don't care. And uh, <laughs> I will shoot aluminum casing all fucking day if I get to shoot. Actually, the worst part about it is, is the, where I keep my brass casings for specifically is for when I go to the indoor range that won't let you use anything other than brass casing. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. But I, then again, I don't do the ranges much anymore since I have a ranch to shoot at and, you know, Bastard. go shoot at my own land. It's like, yeah, all right, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Uh, although I couldn't go this weekend because it was the opening of deer season and I got this b- wonderful message, text message from, uh, the guy who owns the rest of the ranch. And he's like, um, look, I know it's your land. All right. And I know you guys are going to be out there and, and please, I, I'm not saying this in any way, shape or form to be uh, mean or anything, but can you not go out? Like there's eight of us out here hunting deer. We've got our feeders. We've had our feeders up for, for weeks. We we're, we're all set. We're camping overnight. We're going to, we're going to try and get some deer. Could you please not go out and like scare the crap out of the entire world with (laughs) shotguns going off in the morning? Like there's, we're not going to get shit. (laughs) I'm like, dude, yeah. All you had to do is ask. It's all, I completely understand. He goes, I know it's gorgeous. I'll make it up to you, but it's the first day of deer season, man. Can you please? I'm trying to get some tags in. I'm like, hey, yeah, if, man. If nothing, if nothing else, even if you don't want to go hunting, go camp out with the guys, have some beers, and call it a day. Well, that's what I did. I stopped by the night before. I'm like, hey, I brought you all some beer and some uh, bacon for tomorrow morning, uh, just in slab, you know, some slab bacon. And uh, I brought you guys some uh, coffee, and here you go. And y'all, I'm going to hang out for a couple hours tonight. I hope y'all have a great hunt. I ain't fucking staying here because I hate camping. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I hope you guys get your tags and, and congrats and I will be leaving. Now. And they, they were all very appreciative. And so was I, I was like, I just wanted to wish you guys well. And, um, I started rolling in about, I don't know, eight o'clock, uh, yesterday morning. I started, the picture started rolling in for, uh, my, the owner of our company who owns the, the rest of the ranch, uh, got a nine point buck. He was just pleased as punch with himself. Uh, there were, uh, a kid on his first hunt got a doe. So he, he had a doe tag and, and he, he pulled the trigger. He's, he, he, his dad was like, you, you want to wait for a buck? He's like, nope. <laughs> it got his first doe. Um, so, and I think the two other guys, I mean, it's 750 acres. So, I mean, there's more than one deer. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, one guy shot at a deer and missed it, and he ran across the uh, the other kind of range for this dude who was about a quarter mile away from him, and the guy pulled the trigger and got it. So, I mean, they had a great hunt, and more power to him. I ain't doing that stuff, but it sounds like a lot of work to me, but they were super happy with it. But I didn't get to sh- – all that to say, just, I didn't get to shoot this one. Just sausage and call it a day. Yeah, you know, I'm like – all of them said, hey, thanks for not screwing up our hunt. Thanks for bringing the, the food and all that kind of stuff. We'll bring you some, some deer meat when we get it all packed out and, and ready to go. So there uh, – two guys, uh, my boss and somebody else, showed up with about 15 pounds of deer meat, which was super freaking nice of them, uh, which is what I'm going to uh, grill up here <laughs> – after we get off the podcast. Uh, so it should be great. I, I'm super happy with it, and I'm glad they, they got to, to get their tags in. But uh, we did get a letter or a uh, an email. Well, let me pull this up. And this is from... Should, should I be afraid? No, 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 no. Um, uh, this is from Steve. And uh, Steve writes, Hey, uh, I'm new to shotguns. And uh, Steve's a friend of mine. He listens to the show. Uh, he says, hey, I'm new to shotguns, as you know, and I keep looking for recoil ratings. How come they don't just have a make a standard and put recoil uh, ratings on the box or on the spec sheet? And what is the difference between recoil and felt recoil? That is actually a fabulous question. I, well, I, I know the answer when it comes to handguns, but I don't actually know the answer when it comes to shotguns. Okay, so what is the answer for handguns? Well, for, for handguns, because it's it, it's extremely subjective, it also depends on what kind of ammo you put into it. And, uh, you know, that's why we talk more about perceived and felt recoil, because that's what actually matters. That is exactly the same answer uh, with a shotgun or oh, a rifle okay. or anything else. Now, the recoil energy, when you're talking about foot-pounds of energy, can be calculated. That that's That's true. But at the same time, but that but recoil energy is different than felt recoil because exactly. I can give you a 12 gauge over and under and a 12 gauge gas power or gas operated automatic with the same round and have you fire it. And you're going to tell me one kicks like a mule and the other you can barely feel it if I give you the well, right guns. And even then, when it comes to handguns, a lot of it has to do with. Things like bore axis, which is how high is the barrel from where your actual grip is. Um, then you can do things like ported barrels, which some people love and some people can't stand. It, or even just the design of the pistol. I, I we, we talked about it earlier with it slide-biting and beating the hell out of my brother, but that's half the reason I sold him that PPK. I was really caught off guard by how 
badly that thing kicks. It um, does. It does kick quite a bit. So did the Bursa. But the problem is I could shoot the Bursa pretty well. Now, uh, my my biggest problem was I once I handled the Beretta, I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the thing is, is that that uh, PPK is actually still to this day probably the most accurate firearm I ever shot. God, they're good. The Bur- the Bursa was good too. I held a great pattern with that. Not as good as the Beretta, but I held a great pattern with that. But you can calculate to answer your question, Steve. You can calculate recoil energy uh, by the the round you're shooting, the weight of the firearm, and the recoil energy um, in, fo- in foot pounds. The reason nobody talks about that or implies it or puts it on a spec sheet is because you can take a same gauge. Uh, we'll just say it, we'll talk about 12 gauges because I know you're looking for 12 gauge. When you talk about a 12 gauge shotgun, there's a lot of factors that go into that that will allow you to uh, shoot it better or worse because of the recoil, right? You know, how big are you? How big are your shoulders? How much meat do you have on your frame so that when you put that, that shotgun in your pocket, how much cushion is there? Well, and, and I was also going to say that because a lot of it also has to do with the shooter. I've got, you know, we've had the discussion before that, you know, different firearms. I've got firearms that I absolutely love shooting that other people have looked at me and said, dear God, I cannot handle that and vice versa. And, you know, how long are your arms? How how comfortable you are with the gun? Do you have <laughs> a T-Rex arms? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a good four points of contact with the shotgun, so that you're absorbing as much of it across your body as? And, and somebody said you have four points of contact with the gun on a shotgun. Actually, yes, you do. Both hands, your shoulder, and your cheek. That's f- ah, I wasn't thinking about the cheek. Right. Most people don't. Um, but if you have something like uh, an over and under, which has no recoil reduction other than the pad at the back, and you shoot a reasonably stiff round through there, like, I don't know, a goose round or a duck round, something that's got some throat to it and some, some heft, you can knock your fillings out with that thing. Versus like a very soft shooting gun, like an SX-4, which is the softest shooting 12-gauge shotgun I have ever seen, owned, or ha- had my hands on, I wish I still had a picture of the bruise I had on my shoulder and inner arm from the over-under the first time I went skeet shooting ever. Yeah, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. I refuse to shoot one. I, I don't even own one anymore. I, I don't like over-and-unders. They have way too much shock. I'm reasonably, even though I'm not a small guy, I'm 5'10", 5'11", uh, as uh, uh, Ron White says, depending on which uh, convenience store I'm coming out of at the time. And I weigh about 190 pounds. <laughs> Okay, I'm not small, I'm not big, I'm not I'm average, right? I'm an average sized guy, but I'm also very recoil averse. I don't like recoil uh in a shotgun at all. And I try and minimize as much of it as I can. So like if I get an older shotgun, the first thing I do is cut the old ass pad off and put a big squinchy Packmeyer one on. You know, like an inch and a quarter is all squinchy and stuff. That absorbs a lot of energy. I shoot in a shooting vest that has a padded shoulder. To again reduce the energy that a felt recoil, but uh, a gas-operated shotgun uses a lot of that recoil energy in the gun itself, so it never transfers to your body. Um, I much prefer those. Uh, my next step down is a pump-action shotgun. You can do a lot with a pump-action shotgun to reduce the recoil, but a break-open or a double barrel of any kind, either horizontal or vertical, over and under or side by side, they are the worst at absorbing recoil. 
And if you normally, that's what people give new shooters first, which I think is stupid because it's going to knock them backwards and knock the fillings out of their head because it's it's the maximum level of shock value for a shotgun. The the reason they they don't put that on packages is because recoil energy doesn't matter as much as felt recoil, and that and felt all felt recoil is is how much recoil it feels like and again as jake perfectly said it's very subjective from shooter to shooter and gun to gun so a a a pump action or a break open will have greater felt recoil than most automatics a 12 will have greater felt recoil than most 20 gauges that's just kind of how it works now if you're recoil adverse and you don't, and you're worried about it, and you haven't really shot a whole lot. Well, if you're if you're Sean's friend, make him drag your ass out into the uh, the bush and go shooting with him, and let him show you. Yeah, exactly. You know, like here, I'll show you. Here's this one. This is the lightest recoil you can have in a in a 12 gauge. And it, well, it's also something that you and I have talked about, be it for handguns or shotguns or any gun before. I even had the same conversation with my brother yesterday, which is. How do you know whether or not you're going to like a firearm? And the answer is you don't until you shoot it. Yeah, you have to shoot it. Now, you and, may know we, after one round if oh, you and like it say, or not. Because with the other thing that we were joking about was the fact of how many times people have spent exorbitant amounts of gun money on the gun they thought was going to be perfect. And the moment you pull the trigger on it once, go, Ooh, Yeah, I hate this. this. I can't believe I spent $1,200 on it. And that's horrible. And it's a horrible feeling. And you know in order to fix it, you're going to have to get rid of that gun. <laughs> but we've all done it. Well, yeah, every one of us has done it. And that's that's kind of the thing, right? Now, sometimes you can live experience. with it. Yeah, sometimes you can live with it and sometimes you don't. But if you want to be smart about it, go shoot other people's stuff. And you're more than welcome to come with me next time I go out. Uh, <laughs> you live literally 45 minutes from me, man. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> there's you know and one thing you have to be careful of too is is a lot of the um especially with like gas guns and this is something i found out uh, a long time ago uh that is still like when i first started shooting gas guns not all not all recoil is is the same and especially with piston operated gas guns um inertia guns are kind of it's about right um but gas guns are special uh in shotguns because it's about the most technology you can stuff into a shotgun what they can do is they can start playing a little bit of a game with a gas operated piston worked shotgun in that what they can do is make a i don't know a light spring and a heavy piston and what that'll do is eat a lot of the energy up close so like a target load like a really light target load well it'll seem like it's a 410 hitting your shoulder it's nothing and the sx4 is like that it, it seems like it's nothing but the gra- the the heavier load you go into the curve it, it it's really 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 low 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 and as soon as you start getting into duck and goose rounds it's like shoots up straight vertical it just thumps the crap out of you. An SX-4 will thump the crap out of you with a goose load in it. I've seen people do similar things with uh, trying to build their own ARs by right. playing with the, uh, the, the, the the buffer spring and the buffer itself. Yep. Um, and I've had everything from uh, this thing just beat the ever-living shit out of me to this thing will not eject around. Right. And... 
And Winchester did a beautiful job, a beautiful job of making this a very, very effective target gun and upland gun. And which is the model I have. I have an upland gun, which can be used uh, for target. And I do use it for target trick shooting and uh, which I'm learning to do trick shooting. Um, I'm not particularly great at it right now, uh, but I'm, now, I'm can learning. Now, can you do what the chick does on um, Instagram of stand there in a skirt and high heels and kick the thing up in the air and fire the gun upside down and still hit the, the shell? I have not tried it in a skirt and heels, but I have tried the putting a clay on my foot <laughs> and holding the gun upside down, like over my head upside down and shooting the clay. Yes, I can do that two out of seven times. <laughs> Okay, consider the fact that we don't have a Patreon and I don't see us getting one. Can we actually have you in a skirt and high heels doing it on the WA Patreon? Uh, categorically, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> you first. I, I love the SX-4. It's, it's a beautifully shooting gun when you're using light target ammunition. And they designed it for really for light. You can run heavier stuff through it, absolutely. But it's going to thump you pretty hard. Versus a general kind of all-purpose gun like the Beretta A300 Ultima. The Ultima has a an even curve all the way through the spectrum. And so I can put a, let's say, a two and three quarter double lot buck nine pellet round through the SX-4, and it felt like I got kicked in the shoulder by a mule. Uh, I do the same thing with the A300 Ultima, and it feels slightly harder than a target round. So... But, you know, would a hunter appreciate that? Absolutely, right? Because they're shooting heavier loads because you're not just doing target stuff. Would a target shooter? Probably not because on the low end, it kicks heavier than an SX-4. And it's it depends on what you're going to be using the gun for. If you're a duck hunter, you're not going to you probably don't like the SX-4. I've seen some reviews on that by grumpy old men who are target shooter uh, hunting shooters, <laughs> and they're like, I don't like this gun. It it kicks. Or I don't know why. What the fuss is about it? But yet you look at other people like the Gould brothers, who are like that's all they shoot in competitions, is an SX-4 because it's the fastest. It is the most accurate and the lightest recoil automatic shotgun on the market, period. Right now, right now, today, as this is recorded in 2021, it is the fastest shooting, lightest recoil target shotgun available, period. Okay, Steve, you, you do realize that Sean's going to have you spending a grand or two, right? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I I have the feeling that I have the one Steve wants. Um, I'm not quite sure yet, but I think I know what he's looking for, and I probably have one. Um, okay, so so next week after you drag him out the 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 field, we'll 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 know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what he's. I'm not gonna push him one way or the other. If he likes something, then great. Um, if he, you know. But you gravitate towards what you like. Well, you, you, know? you probably do the same thing I do, which is you don't tell anybody what it is that, that they you think they're going to be expecting. You just hand them the, the firearm and go, give this one a try. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't want you know, any preconceived notions on my part to influence what they think they should like. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out whether or not my brother was going to experience the same thing I did with the PDP, which was if you have the right size grip for your hand, it's actually pretty cool. Right. Uh, and he did, but at the same time, it was kind of like, just give this a try. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards, but give this a try and see whether or not this, how you, th how you like this. And he came back kind of going, Ooh, I really like that. And it was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's the grip and it's kind of, this is what it's supposed to do. 
But yeah, I didn't want to tell him ahead of time because I didn't want him fooling with it and trying to figure out whether or not it was this or that or the other. Just shoot it and tell me what you think. Yeah, we um, we bring new shooters out all the time and we let them shoot uh, pretty much whatever they want, you know, because between Bonnie and I, we have, you know, close to 25 shotguns at any one time. And we bring we try and bring a mix of different stuff. Like here's a 20 gauge automatic. Here's a 20 gauge pump. Here's a 20, you know, here's a 12 pump here's a 12 automatic here's a 12 over and under here's a you know whatever it is you want there's different models and different styles and different stuff we got synthetic stuff we got wood stuff we got stainless we got all kinds of things what do you want to try you know and and inevitably and this is always my favorite part of it because they run into the same trap you and i do god i love that gun it's so beautiful and then they shoot it and go i don't like that at all (laughs) right (laughs) Um, my favorite is we've got a, uh, a, uh, my brother has a Browning Satori. His grandfather or his father-in-law gave it to him, uh, because he was getting rid of all his guns and he was kind of thinning stuff out and everything. And he gave him a Satori, 12 gauge Satori. It's a beautiful gun. That was nice of him. It was. And, uh, it's only $2,500. Uh, so my brother won't get rid of it. But he absolutely hates it. And he brought it out. And I always said, I will have a Satori, right? And he brought it out once. And we got to shoot it. And I hated it. I hated everything about it. It's got a fat (laughs) beaver tail. It's heavy. It kicks like a freaking donkey to your face. You know, you feel like your your teeth are going to rattle out. And I'm like, oh, this... This is terrible. Because I'm coming from a, a gun that has been engineered to be a soft target shooter, the SX-4. And I, I'm like, this this is horrifying, and and I well, didn't I didn't like it. Brownie has always kind of been like that, though, which I don't necessarily mean horrifying, but being kind of like, uh, hey, no, 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 this is what we said it's supposed to be, and you're going to use it, and you're going to like it, damn it, and you're going to do it because it's a Brownie. The only time I've seen them change from that is when they started copying the, the Super X, the, the SX series, because the, the original Winchester gun was an SX uh was just an SX. This is a Super X, right? And they came out with the Super X2 or the SX2. And then the SX3 is a pretty damn good gun. And around the time they came out with the SX4, this is about 2015, 2016, Browning went, oh, crap. And they sold mi- literally millions of them. I think they've sold like five, six million SX4s now. And Browning went, oh, crap. We ought to do something about that. So they came out with the same gas system, by the way, that the they the Winchester used the same gas system from Browning, right? That was in the Silver Hunter. They they, they ad- adjusted it from that, and then Browning came out with the Browning Maxis and basically copied the SX4. Um, because of course Winchester is owned by Browning, it's the same company, um, sort of. You know, they're they're kind of the the big brother of. So <laughs> they've got. Browning parts in them. It's got the Browning gas system, which is amazingly well done. But when you put it in a Browning gun, because of kind of the things you're saying, no, we're Browning and we know what you need, right? Winchester did the opposite of that. They're like, we're Winchester and what is it you guys want? And it, they just they just sell. And at 850, even today's pricing, 850 for the synthetic stock model of an sx4 with cerakote on it and all that kind of stuff that's a pretty damn good deal especially when you're talking about a 1600 dollars maxis versus an 850 it's half the price so 
Um, well, I know which one I'd buy. Well, yeah, <laughs> me too, and I did. I bought, although I bought the expensive SX4 because I I had to have once I saw it, I had to have the Upland model. You had to the, have the pretty one. I did. I did. It's the same because I looked. It's the same mechanism underneath. It's the same chassis. It's the same barrel. It's the same sighting mechanism and controls. The only thing that's different is the receiver's not Cerakoted or or black it's stainless and the stocks are walnut instead of synthetic and i'm like well for an extra 150 bucks why the hell wouldn't you have that one uh so i got the blinged out one but which is not a popular choice in texas actually uh most people have the synthetic well it it, it kind of depends on what it is i'm gonna make a guess and you'll tell me whether or not i'm correct or not but it just would pop in my head that there's a difference in Texas between the guns you have to show and the guns you have for functionality. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, now, Be- because it, cause if it's it, if a good old Texas boy was going to wear it to the rodeo on his hip, it's going to be special. Yes. But if he's just looking for something to go out and hunt and shoot something, it, it, it's got to be functional. Yes. Oh, no, very much so. And when I go out and clay shooting and target shooting and stuff like that, the gun never touches the ground. I mean, it's 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 in my hands or in its case. That's it. So I don't mind shooting a super blingy gun because it's awesome, man. And I, I love shooting it. I love the way it feels. I love all that kind of stuff. But if I was going to go hunting or, or drag a gun through the brush, I'd probably take right now with the automatics that I have, I'd probably take the Beretta. It's Cerakoted. It's got a synthetic stock. It's literally built to do that. And that's what you take because it's almost indestructible. Uh, that and it's about broken in now i've had about 250 rounds through it and it's it's much better now than it was earlier uh yeah to answer your question steve because felt recoil is extremely subjective and it can't really be measured uh all it can be measured by is how it feels to you and how you mount and feel the gun and what you're shooting through it. I mean, if you're shooting target rounds, like uh, I know you're probably going to be, you know, a lot of guns will work. Uh, if you're shooting heavy goose rounds and stuff like that, you really need to, if you're recoil adverse, you really need to figure out what's going to work well for you and, and mitigate some of that. Now, the, the, the one thing I will add in here is that if, unlike Steve, you don't have a friend like Sean who will drag you out to the bush and go shooting with you, um, one of the things I actually will tell you, because and, and it's worked somewhat for me in the past and somewhat not, uh, but you also can go on YouTube and just put the firearm you're talking about into the search engine, and you'll find a million videos typically of somebody shooting the firearm and giving you their impression of it. Is that going to be perfect? No, you're still not going to know until you shoot it, but at least it'll give you an idea of where to start. Yeah, and beware of sentences like this. And I, I hear these all the time. For an over and under, it doesn't have as much kick as you'd think. That's well, yeah, no, well, be very careful. Mean, you have to be careful of qualifiers. Right. Because <laughs> uh, for an over and under means that it's probably got three times the amount of kick that a gas-operated uh, automatic does. And a pump gun has less than uh, an over and under and probably a little bit more than uh, a gas gun. Inertia guns between a pump and a gas. I mean, it's it's generally speaking. And then you have those outliers like the SX-4 is extremely light shooting on target. Not so great if you're shooting waterfowl rounds through it. Uh, I'd rather have a pump gun if I was going to do that because at least it's a little heavier and it can absorb some of the shock. So I it, it depends. 
It really does. And we'll, in your particular case, Steve, we're just going to have you mount every other gun I have and <laughs> see which one you like. Because I know you're looking for 12 gauge. I have between me and Buona, we have about 15 you can choose from to to kind of shoot and see what you like. So we have kind of a plethora. And I love oh. doing that with people because the, they always they always settle on stuff you wouldn't expect. Uh, now, I, my own curiosity here, because this is what I worry about with me, is that we're actually going to next episode hear about how Steve accidentally drowned in the pond, killed by snakes, because he somewhere along the line he accidentally dropped one. Of them. He dropped my fab arm. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, that's that's it's fine. Uh, we, I normally don't take the one. Like I normally don't take my 870 with the super stocks on it. I normally don't take the fab arm. Uh, other than those two, like, you know, I might not take the SX4 um, or, or maybe make sure he could hold on to it or shoot something else before that because it's, I can't replace that one right now. Winchester is no longer making or no longer shipping the the SX4 Upland. They're shipping SX4s left, right, and backwards, but not the Upland right now. Uh, so that's a little concerning to me because I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have – now I can't replace it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But other than that, you know, I still got tons of guns that people can shoot. But uh, it's a fun time. I I highly recommend everybody uh, grab, like, whatever it is that you, you want to try out, whether it's a rifle. And we don't talk a lot about rifles uh, because most of us, uh, both Jake and I, aren't shooting a terrible amount of rifles because they're expensive right now. They're real, they were never cheap to shoot, but right now they're pretty expensive. I'm still... Uh, at, at some point, I plan on owning a Marlin 3030 just because, well, it's a, it's a Marlin 336 3030. It's a classic. Uh, that's what Bona has. He he loves his. He won't let it go. And, and that one, that's the one I'll actually put a, a, I won't go as far as to say a distance scope because we're not talking 6.5 or something of that nature. But that's the one I'll put a magnified scope on and actually try to shoot at 100 yards. But, yeah, that's I, I, I like my lever actions when it comes to rifles. Man, I love that, Henry. I really do. I mean, I know it's a tube load and all that kind of stuff. I just don't care. It's a great rifle. Great <laughs> rifle. Hey, you got to benefit from the fact that my father shamed me. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Bona asked me all the time when I go out there and shoot it and everything. He said, so, uh, Jake, feel bad about getting that uh, side gate one and giving you dumping this to you? And I'm like, not yet. No, I'm thankful for that because otherwise I wouldn't have had it, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, his dad shamed him. So he goes, yeah, I tried to do that with you. You're unshameable. <laughs> like, yep. Well, yeah, but you also don't suffer from as much OCD as I do. Somebody worms something of that nature into my skull, and I can't get it out until I do something about it. <laughs> it's not the way John Wayne would have done it. And it literally takes just something as simple as that. Now, I, cause, and the thing is, is that logically – I am completely aware that by that by dumping that to you and then going out and spending the money on the other one that I lost. And basically, you know, with almost for all intents and purposes, the exact same rifle I had before. Oh, no, it's the yeah. same freaking. Yeah, it's the almost the exact same, same frame, except it's got a whole a side gate hole in it. It's exactly. Same stock, same barrel, same lever mechanism. It's basically exactly the same, except for this and, one tiny detail. And I am completely aware of this. There, there, I, no joke. I, I get it. But at the same time, once just that little thing was wormed into my skull, it, I, I, I didn't have any choice in the matter. <laughs> I must, I must have it. I benefited greatly. I'm going to say that. I would not have 
Well, I, and actually, I think that's one of the things that makes me happy is that, you know, it, it, a friend got the benefit. It didn't go on the wall at the store, and I didn't have to like, oh, fuck, I can't watch it go. <laughs> watch it leave with somebody going, I don't know what the hell they're selling this for. Who turned this? What jackass turned in this used? You know, like no, there wasn't any of that. It was it. It was vastly superior to the forty-four lever action I had. I had a forty-four lever action Marlin. Which there's nothing wrong with that. It's a fine gun. Well, that, that's actually, if you remember, right, that's why I got rid of the Rossi. The Rossi was an absolutely fine lever action firearm. It just it wasn't, wasn't a Henry. Henry. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a Henry. And when you feel the Henry, like I cannot. Ex- unfortunately, no one can be told. You know, it's sort of like the major. <laughs> I can't explain to you why the Henry is so much better. When you put your hands on one, you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. My father did actually ask me yesterday. He sits there and goes, so, so, didn't you have two of these? I'm like, yeah, I got rid of the other one. He goes, what for? And I went, because, you know, I, I like this one better. He's like, but what's so special about that? I went, Dad, it's a Henry rifle. He went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like, we're, we're, we're not talking about, like, uh, just just some little POS, you know, replica. This this is this like, is a Henry rifle. Yeah, Dad. this is it. Shannon loves it. I I couldn't believe it. Like Shannon hates rifles, um, mostly because they're normally too big for her. And she's like, oh my god, that's a Texas Rangers gun. That's a Henry, isn't it? And I'm like, well, uh, she's uh, yeah. Though, though I'm though I'm larger human being than she is. My guess is that we both probably have the same size arms. So that's that, that part of the benefit of that one is the fact that it is the carbine, which is shorter. Yeah. And she can shoulder it and, and she really liked it and she could work the action and, and everything was kind of where she could reach it and everything. But she's like, this is a Texas Rangers gun. I recognize this. It's a Henry. And I'm like, actually you're 100% correct. Yes. It in fact is. And she won't let it leave the house. Like, even if I wanted to sell it, which I don't and I won't, I I couldn't get rid of it because she won't let me. It's a Texas Rangers gun, and she's a Texas Rangers nut. So she's like, nope, that stays here. That's a good gun. That's actually one of two firearms in my house that will never go anywhere at this point. Uh, Like, what, what would you get? I mean, what's better? It kind of goes back to the, um, uh, the, the XG, you know, you'd have to start spending thousands of dollars to do better than that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the problem I have with the SX four. I'd have for, as a target gun, not as a hunting gun, but as a target shotgun in 12 gauge, I'd have to spend, and I don't know what I'd spend it on or what it could possibly be, but I'd have to spend thousands of dollars to get something better than that. And I just don't see anything better than that on the market. Even if I wanted it, I, I like, what are you going to get? I, I haven't seen anything that performs anywhere near as well as that does. So I, you know, now it's like, okay, I'll go get a utility gun. <laughs> you know, I'll go get something I could drag around. Um, that's kind of my mission now. Uh, so we're, we're kind of in the same place with that. Buona stole the Benelli. So he loves that because it's indestructible. And uh, it's just a good-looking black gun, which he, he, and this is something I, I find hysterical, all right? He doesn't listen to the show, so I can say this. Um, <laughs> he says he likes classic guns, and he, he doesn't like black weapons of any kind. But let me tell you about what he carries, okay? He's got, as a carry weapon, he's got a Glock Gen 3, 9, original Gen 3 9mm that is, he's customized all the shit. His carry knife 
is a synthetic ha- black-handled Gerber. His shotgun is now a synthetic Benelli. <laughs> so all three of I his... I would have thought after all that that he'd go a little bit more substantial than a Gerber. Well, it's a four-inch Gerber, but yeah, that's his carry pocket knife. We've never gone into the show, but I also have a thing with knives. <laughs> yeah, as do I. Um, I carry a... Uh, 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 what is the... Uh, it's a Kershaw. It's a silver handled thing. It's the one you press on the back. You press a little nub on the yeah, back I, and it flips I, I've, out. I've got the the utility one I carry in my back pocket is a Kershaw blur. And then in my front pocket, I switch back and forth between a Columbia River Provoke and a Zero Tolerance. Light, um, What's the Provoke? I don't think I've heard of that one. It, it's uh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's actually kind of neat. It's a, it's a karambit, but it's a... It's not even a folding karambit. It's it, it. I don't even know how to describe it. If you it, no, I mean it's serious. It's it's a mechanical karambit that's that's folded up. It's the one I keep in my pocket for if I had to defend myself. We know that I'm paranoid, um, because closed up it makes an, a, a wonderful impact weapon. And then just with a push of your thumb, it pops right open into an actual bladed karambit. And uh, the other thing is, is because it's not spring assisted. It's not illegal anywhere. Oh, I see. Well, the, the thing is with the Kershaw's and the Zero Tolerance, which is Kershaw's premium brand, mm-hmm. they, they kind of get away with being spring-assisted because it, unlike something like a switchblade or an automatic, it even though it, it's a gray area that you can get away with in a lot of places, which is the fact that since you still have to actively push on it to open it, right? it's, it's not considered a switchblade. In Texas, it's a lot different because, you know, they don't care. <laughs> Switchblades are legal in Texas. They don't yeah, but, really the, but, they're, cra- but they're, they're crazy in New York and New Jersey. So During the break that you guys didn't hear, and I edited it out, <laughs> uh, I went and got my knife. It is a Kershaw Leak. L-E-K. Oh, okay. Actually, no, that's one of the nice ones. Yeah, I like this. It's it's beautiful. It's got the kind of, um, I guess it's Cerakoted, um, silver sides. Um, beautiful knife. I use it mainly to cut open mail and boxes, but um, it's uh, it's the one I carry on me every day, and I've carried it for close to a year now. It, it, yeah, the, the Kershaw I have is what I use for utility work, whether it's boxes, mail, uh, if I've got to uncrate something for at work or something of that nature. But um, actually, it, if you're well, I was about to say if you're sitting in front of your computer, God, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Google the uh, the Columbia River Provoke. It's actually it's just for no other reason than just the way it looks and how it works. It's kind of interesting. River Provoke. Oh yeah. Okay, I see it. That's nice. As I said, it, it's kind of one of those things where it can it'll make it'll work as an impact weapon or a actual cutting weapon. So it's I like it. <laughs> Oh, a knife talk here on the gun show, which is, I think, applicable, <laughs> you know, I'm a big well, fan. We, we were going to start talking about the uh, the hearings that they've been having in New York, though. Uh, yeah. And uh, the uh, I listened to some of the opening stuff on the uh, first or second day or whatever it was um, earlier, and it is just hysterical. I mean, the the there's some relatively conservative judges on there, so I was a little worried that they would be anti-gun or whatever. But they opened up, and the state of New York is not having a good time uh, with this because they're just like, okay, 
you know, uh, they opened up like one of their opening salvos was the state of New York was saying that this is a just and right law. And uh, I, I can't remember who it was, if it was Alito or Kavanaugh said, you know, you don't have to justify the Second Amendment. It's it's in the Bill of Rights. It, so we don't have to justify that. That's not something we have to do. You have to justify restricting something that is given to the people in the Bill of Rights. So the for, you know the First Amendment has is is a right, but is limited. This can be limited, but what you're saying is you can give a or you can deny somebody their right via a license, and that's not how rights work in the bill of rights and and at a national level that's not how that works so i was i was heartened a little bit from the at least the opening arguments uh, it was a lot of the questions that i actually heard at and i didn't get a chance to listen but uh, in what i read afterwards a lot of the responses and all of that um it definitely very sounded very very favorable to those of us who are interested in gun rights uh, yeah, well, interested in in um, preserving our rights to carry exactly. arms. Yes, uh, there, the the state of New York and and the Supreme Court has made it very clear that no, 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 we're we're not saying that we have to justify the Second Amendment. That's already been justified. It's in the Bill of Rights. They have that. What you have to justify is how you're limiting it. And if you're limiting it for some people and not others who have no special circumstances, like they are a convicted felon or, or something like that, you have to explain that to us. And where they live is not a good explanation. You know, if you're just not granting them to people in the cities because you feel it's too dangerous, that's where it's more dangerous. How many mugging? And they actually said this. The SCOTUS actually said this. How many muggings occur in the woods? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. Well, the other part that I actually found somewhat interesting was because I was talking with my brother about this yesterday is he was complaining that the powers that be in Maryland don't seem to think this applies to them. No. And it and it's and it's unfortunate that it's true because the Supreme Court actually already has set the precedent years ago that each individual state is allowed and completely able to create their own gun laws. So if you live in another state besides New York and you see this as being um the the answer to your gun rights prayers, uh, your own state is going to have to have a lawsuit in order for it to, to change in your own state. Yeah, and now they can use the the California case as precedent, absolutely. But it's going to be a little tougher on you uh, if you're saying, well, New York got them stripped. It's like, nope, you're going to have to do that per state. Now, the left is, is and the Democrats and the gun control uh, advocates who are trying to restrict these rights are like, oh, they're just saying everything needs to be like Oklahoma and Texas now. It's like, no, they're not saying that at all. They're saying that your law in New York to the people of New York is uh, not justified and not supported. At least that's their opening arguments thus far. I mean, I guess it could change later, but uh, it sounded pretty good thus far. However, if you're Alec Baldwin, 
I I don't mean to laugh because it really isn't a funny. Well, actually, okay, I did mean to laugh, but it really isn't a funny situation. I I I what I'm finding chucklesome is the proof of your statement of if you're rich, you have no consequences. Yeah, pretty much. Because nothing's happening to anybody on this. Uh, And they broke one of the simplest rules under the sun, which is there was no reason for there to be live ammo there at all. Yeah, you didn't need to have that. That's not something you needed. At least uh, I wouldn't think it is, unless there's some kind of reason you're saying there should be, it should have been. But but, uh, it's... And really... uh, I don't think it was necessarily all of Alec Baldwin's fault. However, the first rule of gun control or, or gun ownership, gun mastery, gun using, you know, any of that. The first rule of handling guns is check to see if it's loaded and check to see what kind of ammunition's in there. Verify. I, I think the only thing on this was really kind of, kind of caught me as being... I don't know if ironic's the proper word for it, but uh, when somebody pointed out that the organization that Alec Baldwin has railed against, the NRA, if that he had taken a single NRA course, he'd have known this. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like, check every firearm that's handed to you before and after you put your hands on it. Verify. Verify, verify. What is this? What ammunition is this? What does it do? Is this the correct ammunition for the application I am about to use? You know, and anytime you're going to muzzle somebody and point it at somebody, I figure this is something you'd really want to know. And and like go over to the the weapons master's table or booth or, or whatever it is, safe, whatever, and make them show you the box that they're loading into the firearm. What is it? What does it do? What is it supposed to do? Am I supposed to use this? Is this my, you know, all of that stuff that he didn't do, right? Like you, you never handle a fire or hand a firearm to somebody and you don't know what's in it. What's the first thing you do? You pop the, the, the magazine open. You look at the, you look at well, the actually, I, I wouldn't hand somebody a firearm that wasn't actually open. It didn't have whether it's the, the slide back breach open or whatever you call it, right. or whatever it is for the firearm to begin with. So that's kind of your way of of showing somebody, hey, I'm giving you a firearm. I've checked to see if it's unloaded. You should check too. Um, hell, I even I I even had to correct my father on that one as he's been learning how to use automatic firearms this weekend. And damn, if I didn't give him reading the riot riot act over trigger discipline. Get your finger out of the guard. Are you shooting? Then get your finger out of the guard. Stiff, straight finger, stiff finger, straight. Straight out. You don't need to be in there. <laughs> you firing at something? Get your finger out of the trigger. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a world of, of issues and problems that I think could be solved with some basic training and common sense. It's like, don't hand anybody a firearm well, that's, that's you don't know what's happening with it. Don't take a firearm where you don't know what's happening with it. I'm sorry, that's loaded. I'm going to need you to unload that and show me before I put my hands on that. You and I have had this conversation before. It even goes into the uh, one of the aspects with regards to the Supreme Court uh, concept. Both of us are very, very in uh, agreement on the idea of anybody who is legally allowed to, hasn't committed a felony, whatever the list is, of owning a firearm should be allowed to own a firearm. 
With that said, the idea of licensure, of making sure that somebody has gone through a training process prior to, similar to the way you do with, I don't know, an automobile, um, is not a bad thing. I don't think it is either. I mean, there's, there's a... You can kill somebody just as easily with a car, honestly. It's it's not very... It's a two-ton weapon, and I tell people that all the time, and they look at me like I'm stupid. I'm like, no, that's what it is. And yes, it's, it's a lot of things, but it's also a two-ton weapon. Guns are very similar. I do think that uh, anybody who who has the right and ability and is legally allowed to have one should have one. Absolutely. Or many. I, whatever. I do think that they have a responsibility to their fellow human beings and themselves to learn how to operate, maintain, and uh, store that weapon or weapons correctly. Um, I also think that... Um, that is not a popular idea. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, it's not popular. I mean, as with everything, you've got a lot of people who just want to think that um, you, that it's not – there's no big deal if you want to without any concept as to what you're doing, what you're buying, how to use it, or anything that you should be able to buy as many of them as you want, no background check, and just stockpile the shit out of them. Um and I've unfortunately, after spending the time I have working in a gun store, have run across too many idiots to believe that that is actually true. Yeah, I mean, I do think you should be able to have as many as you want. I do think you should be able to have whatever type you want within a certain category, right? Like, I don't think uh, we have a need for defense or sport automatic weapons. No. I don't think we need to have explosive ordnance weapons like grenade launchers or bazookas. There is no reason you need to do that. I, and I know that's unpopular with a certain aspect of people, but I just don't believe uh, people who live in a society in a semi-free country uh, need to do that. Oh, come on. You know you've wanted to do like the Dukes do and tie a stick of dynamite to the end of an arrow and just shoot it off. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't, first of all, you've not seen me shoot archery. I am, while I am pretty decent with a shotgun, archery is the worst thing. And my, my brother and my father, and even my mom are, excel at it. Hell, my wife's at it better, better at it than me. She shot a bow twice. Um, I'm really miserable at it. I, I don't hold my arm still. I never hit my anchor point the same way twice. I'm, I'm pretty miserable with a bow and arrow. So no, I don't have the, the bow and arrow fantasies, but I, I just don't think we need explosive ordnance or or large caliber explosive you know grenade launchers or anything like that. No, no dragon's breath rounds for your SX4. <laughs> Good God, no! Oh my God! I mean, I don't mind if you want dragon's breath, sure, but it ruins your gun first of all, and I would never put that through a gun I own um, ever. Uh, they're like, "Wouldn't you like these dragon's breath?" I'm like, "No, I like my barrel. Thank you." <laughs> My, I like my bolt where it is. No, I don't need that. Uh, but I don't think there's. I do think that there are small arms that qualify in this country as stuff we don't need to have. Uh, fully automatic AK-47 AK comes to mind. Uh, fully automatic M16 comes to mind. There's no reason for those. Um, that said, if you want a Barrett 50 caliber to shoot targets a mile away because you think that's fun. Right. And they have BMG available. And they have 50 BMG available. All right? It's on sale. <laughs> I think that's fine. If you can hold on to it, fine. <laughs> I mean, I've seen 16-year-old girls shoot that thing. It's fine. Um, yeah. 
You want to hunt? Hunting's legal in this country. Go out, have a great time. You don't, you don't want to target shoot? Be my guest. I, I don't see there's any need to have a restriction on the amount or the, um, the, the uh, you know, how many rounds you can have, how many guns you can have. No, I mean, if you want to spend your money on it, fine. Knock yourself out. There are certain weapons I don't think we need to have. Uh, Surface-to-air missiles? No. Grenade launchers? No. Fully automatic assault rifles? No. Or, or fully automatic anything, really. Fully automatic shotguns, fully automatic pistols, fully automatic rifles? No. We don't need anything fully automatic. Again, personal opinion, and there are people, a lot of people in this country, who violently disagree with me both ways. That we should have any, or that we should be denied any type of weapon anywhere. But and I'm I guess I sit somewhere in the middle of that. I'm not really sure which you know how far the spectrum goes and where I sit on it. Um, and Jake and I have have had disagreements on what you should and shouldn't be allowed to do, and in some cases, in some instances as well. So it, it varies from person to person, but I think a, a lot of things that we could agree on are largely being ignored or overshadowed because of Ooh. political arguments. And we've, once again, another discussion we've had many times, both on this cast and another, which is that's kind of part of the issues we're running into today is the fact that people can't talk to one another. They can't have a legitimate debate to see how to come to a middle ground. If somebody does not agree with you, you're immediately supposed to hate their guts. They are evil and idiots. You know, I, I got a good example of this, right? Uh, I do think, well, maybe not a good example. Maybe it's an infuriating example or, or something to politicize, whatever. But I do have a good example of it. Do I think that there needs to be something done about, you know, uh, violent crime or, or, or homicides via firearm? Yeah, I think homicide via firearm is horrible. Homicide period is horrible. But let's talk about the things that that happen the most and figure out why they're happening and what to do about that. And all you hear in the media right now is assault rifles. It's all black rifles and assault rifles and, and, and ARs should be banned. And I just, even though I don't like an AR, um, I don't see any need for anybody to have them barred from, make use ownership or or sport or, or whatever it is you want to do with it i i just don't see it i mean and when you look at the numbers like go look at the real numbers not the ones you see on fox or MBC, msnbc or cnn like go look at the fbi's numbers right where they they have calculated um and stored how many people die from what type of weapon that is a thing they do have a table for it go look it up it's easy to find and you can look at it year over year and what's interesting to me is you are seven or ten times more likely to die from a a handgun than you are an AR-15. You are seven to eight times more likely to die from an AR-15 uh, than you are a shotgun. Uh, by the way, you're ten times more likely to be beaten to death with somebody's hands, fists, kicks or you know just just a big old street fight than you are to die from an ar-15 it is unbelievably skewed in the media you would think everybody's running around with ars doing mass murders every single day 
And that's somebody coming from Texas. Okay. It's not <laughs> like it just doesn't, but it's, it's that's all, not, that's not Tuesdays in Texas. <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost never in Texas, you know, or, like, or, or, and I know I'm going to get hate for this. We don't have mass shoot Monday in Texas. You know, surprisingly enough. No, uh, it's, we're, we're focusing on these because it's a political hot button. And I think that's wrong. I would love to have great um, gun control and gun safety and gun education and, and gun violence discussions reasonably with with my constituents and, and fellow citizens and stuff. But apparently we can't do that right now, uh, especially if the media gets involved because they just sensationalize everything. And it's like, like look, look, let's look at the numbers. Let's see what's going on and let's educate people. Uh, there's more gun owners in the United States right now than there ever has been, uh, especially after the pandemic. And why do you think they felt that way? <laughs> uh, why do you think they felt the need for one? Um, let's get these people training. Let's get these people, um, uh, you know, so there's less accidents and there's there's people who keep them more responsibly. Um, let's let's do all these things and let's find out what works for us and do that. Instead of panicking and running to the media, I just, I can't get there from here. I just, uh, for some reason, we're not able to have those conversations right now. And it's really sad because there's a lot of cool stuff we could be doing. But I don't know. What's your, what's your take, man? People suck. In a word. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, I, yes, I wish we could have conversations about these things. Um, uh it's an in, I don't even know where to begin. I, I just go back to people suck and we can't even actually talk about it in logical fashion without somebody just rage quitting and storming out of the room. Yeah, it does seem to be the, the kind of thing. And it's like, like, I know you're upset. I mean, I can see. And I, this is what drives me crazy, like anti-gun people, anti-Second Amendment people, people who don't think guns should even exist. It's like, OK, I get what you're saying, but let's talk about that. Like, why? What makes you say that? Okay, you're scared or you you know, people die and you don't like that. I get it, you know, but how many people die because of other things? It's just these you don't like because you can't see a need for them. Well there is a need for, for firearms. Let me tell you about that. This is what they're used for. Do I think it could be better? Absolutely there's always room for improvement. Do I think we could do better in the United States and compel people to become safer? Yes. I absolutely do. Let's talk about that. But they can't. It's it's all or nothing. And I don't understand that mentality. You know, like we could make things so much better if we just talk to each other and, and try and work stuff out in some kind of reasonable fashion. But I know that's. Yeah, we just don't do that. Yeah, days. we don't do that now. Uh, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that sort of thing. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why we do that. And I don't understand how we how we move forward in a reasonable fashion while trying to educate as many people as we can. Cause I think there's a lot more people kind of in the middle with you and me, whether we all agree on absolutely every point or not. I think there's a lot more people who are central than they are on either one of the extremes. And if we could just have a nice dialogue about that and try and figure out what to do that would actually help. And I do think there are things that would help. Without that, I don't know how we move forward other than just screaming. <laughs> I mean, having everything go up to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court going, all right, children, what have you done? You know, I mean, like, come on. 
Seriously, is that where we are? But apparently the answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, in that case, I'm going to, uh, you know, with all that said, I'm going to gun shows in the next couple of weeks to see if I can pick up an old ass that's kind of beat up. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can find your H&K while I'm out there. <laughs> and if you run past somebody with a anti-NRA sign, you know, just smile and say hi. You know, I always do. You know, it's like there's no reason to be hateful or spiteful to people who believe differently than you. That's why we used to live in the country that we used to that we live in now. Um, I I actually work from uh, from time to time on K Street in Washington, D.C., which is where a good many of the lobbying firms are. And I find it hilarious when I walk outside and somebody's handing out pamphlets and they say something like, do you want to protect people from the Second Amendment? And I just I, I open my mouth to start the conversation and then just smile, shake my head and say, no, thank you. And keep on walking. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, it's it's so and that's like the 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 corner of corruption and arrogance, you know, right there is 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 D.C. or maybe, you know, corruption, arrogance and and ignorance you know that's like that cross-section of of america right there it's the it's the in my opinion it is one of the worst places to be just because it's i mean we've separated so far from each other that all we can do now is shout <laughs> that's it uh but i i won't i won't end that on uh, i won't end the cast on a bad note i'm going to go pick up an old ass shotgun if i can possibly manage it however i will say this i'm going for an ithaca 37 but there are close to 10,000 guns at each one of those <laughs> gun shows and i know that i'm going with cash in my back pocket there is no freaking telling what I come out of that's st- that, shiny. Uh, yeah. Ooh, look at that. And I can afford it. Plus this, you know, like, no, it's going to be bad. Like if I find two crappy shotguns that, that I think I can make better, I'll walk out of there with those instead of something reasonably decent. I, I know I've seen me do it. I've, and I'm looking for a project right now, which is really dangerous. There's no telling what I'm going to come out of there with. So, uh, I look forward to it. I'm hoping I can, uh, ride by your, uh, fly by your H and K and see if I can find one of those for you. You know, you're looking for the, uh, $1,200 range, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, gold plated. Gold. Yeah. With Trump on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe those guns sold. I really don't. I can't, I can't believe that. And, and they were bought with glee. That is, that is unbelievable. <laughs> I wonder what the resale value. I, I heard something a couple of weeks ago, and I know we got to go here, but uh, I heard something a couple of weeks ago that I thought was just hysterical. You don't actually own a gun. Like, you never own a gun. You're just holding on to it until the next person gets it, right? You're just in, it's in your care until the next person gets it. Man, I wonder who the next person on that Trump gun's going to be. <laughs> like, who wants a secondhand gold plated Trump gun? Like, who is that person? I don't. Like, I can't even imagine, like, any president, any sitting U.S., I mean, other than, like, George Washington, right? I'd, I'd have Washington on my gun. I like that. I, I, big well, fan. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think I might actually buy the Abraham Lincoln Derringer. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not to say that I don't like Lincoln. Lincoln was a great president. I were one of the best. I just would find that ironic and fun. <laughs> Where would 
Where would you? Would it? Would I, it say look, look, Sick I, Tepper I, ter- Tyrannus on it? <laughs> I, I wanted. I wanted to build out of the um, Angry Joe AR fourteen lower. Um, and I never got a chance to buy one of those before they stopped making them. With that said, they well, now, now you have can get the, a Let's Go Brandon one. That's what I was going to say. You got Let's Go Brandon on. <laughs> Which I think there was a story of a newscaster called the the Secret Service to to see if this was a credible threat to the president. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're you're a, you're a terrorist if you question your local school board these days. So well, hey, well why yeah, not? domestic terrorist. I I heard that, but. Uh, yeah, if you get a Derringer with Lincoln's head on it that says Six Semper Tyrannus, I will laugh my ass off. All right. Well, <laughs> a picture of Lincoln on one and John Wilkes Booth on the that's other. What I was going to say, we, it just means we have to buy one and have you engrave or something. <laughs> I will not do Lincoln's head and Six Semper Tyrannus. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Carve six emperor semper tyrannus on one side and a uh, a, a, a picture of um, Ford's theater on the other. <laughs> oh, can you imagine your kids going on through your shit when you uh, like after you passed away and everything? Why does Dad have a? Oh my God, this is weird. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Is that what is that? What does that mean? Well, the way things are going, they'll probably be sitting there going, oh, Lincoln memorabilia? Your dad was a racist? (laughs) Because they never learned. (laughs) No, he's the he's the he's the good one. Like he he freed everybody. It's it's the other way around, baby. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, you got anything else, sir? I do not. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And uh, happy shooting. And for all you hunters out there, we hope you get your limit. We hope you get your tags in. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, Check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.